the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today is called the Sunday next before Advent, and next week is the first Sunday in Advent, which is the first Sunday in the Christian year. Therefore, today is the last Sunday in the Christian year. Hope everybody's following the math. It's like, I never realized there'd be so much math in, in liturgical churches, but there's really a lot of calculating of dates. Um, so in one sense, next Sunday is New Year's Day in the church. Much like in our secular calendars, we ask, where did the time go? It seems we just experienced Holy Week and celebrated Easter, and yet here we are preparing for Christmas. As life becomes full of activity, we forget to slow down, to stop, to make resolutions. We forget to consider what wrongs need to be made right, and the joy of our salvation might seem like a thing of the past. Today is also called Stir Up Sunday because of the emphasis in the collect, or prayer for the day, which, said, which prayers to stir up our wills, to stir up our hearts in order to receive Christ again at Christmas. We are presented with an opportunity to pause before we begin the new year. Because lethargy is a disease that plagues us in the church, we become too content in our spiritual development. We are at ease with just getting by and having things be just good enough. Stir Up Sunday is the church's way of saying, hey, wake up, Jesus is coming. Or as a favorite bumper sticker tells us, Jesus is coming, look busy. <laughs> Spiritual development, though, is not mere busyness. But it does mean being mindful and watchful of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The message of the first coming of Advent is the same of the second coming, to watch and to be ready. As our opening sentences in evening prayer at Advent remind us, quote, Watch ye, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Therefore, we are called to stir up our wills in order to lift up our hearts. As Bishop Scarlett once said, our message is not get really excited about God. Our message is commit to doing the right things as a pattern of life. Habits can shape or reshape our wills. Our wills reveal our desires, and our desires determine our behavior. Following St. Augustine, Jamie Smith says, you are what you love. Do we love the things of the kingdom, or do we love, or do all our habits and all our routines shape us to love the kingdom of self? Once we realize that the Christian life is more than simply soul rescue, we can take to heart the prayer to be stirred up. Because to be a Christian is to be born again, not merely to be insured. We are called to walk in a new way of life, which means we need to learn to say no to bad habits and yes to new habits. As Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Above all else, guard your heart, 
for everything you do flows from it. The incubation station for learning new desires is the life of the church, particularly in its liturgies and its worship. This is why our tradition places such a high emphasis on liturgy and divine off and daily office. Our daily liturgies, our daily rituals, and our daily habits can give us the language and imagination of eternity. Too often our imaginations betray us. We think too small. We cannot think of anything more glorious than Monday night football or an emer a quick sale on Amazon. The liturgy of the church points us towards heaven and towards the throne room of God. C.S. Lewis warns us about having short-sighted desires. He says, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. This is why we try to have many opportunities to teach people what the liturgy means and how to do morning and evening prayer so that the rhythms of the church will reshape our lives even when we are not presently here. To see and understand how the liturgies of the church shape our deepest desires, it is helpful to look at the rival liturgies of the rival kingdom, especially as our consumer culture reaches its peak season over the next couple of weeks. No doubt we will be assaulted daily, and we will be ushered into competing liturgies, the liturgy of the mall, where we are welcomed with open arms, the liturgy of Black Friday that no one can resist. Now, there's nothing wrong with buying and giving gifts, but we must be watchful and we must be ready in this season so we are not overtaken or overcome by the rival liturgies of the kingdom of earth. It is too easy for our heart's desire to become that latest gadget or that latest toy and not on the coming of the king, which is our Advent reminder. As we approach Advent and the beginning of the Christian year, we are provided with an opportunity to stop and to renew. We are given a place to renew our spiritual disciplines. On January 1st, many find it normal and natural to make resolutions, to reflect on the past, to see what can be done in the future, and the same is true in Advent. In Advent, we are given an opportunity to recommit ourselves to the liturgies of the church, to the rhythms that shape our hearts, which have the power to shape our desire. Perhaps we have neglected prayer and scripture reading, or perhaps we have not been able to find the time to come to the altar of God. Today, we are stirred up and awakened to answer the question, what do we want? Who do we want to be? The children's classic, The Little Prince, gives us a picture of desire. The author writes, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. If you find yourself in a complacent season in your life of prayer or in your spiritual disciplines, today calls us to wake up, to long for, and to get ready for the King of Kings. 
Advent gives us all an opportunity to renew our disciplines and aim our hearts towards eternity. As St. Paul tells the church in Philippi about leading a new life in Christ, quote, Not that I have already obtained this, or not that I am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.